Hello, everybody, to another episode of the Upscale Business Podcast. Um, Arena, I'm here with Mitch. You How are, are you? How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. A little disappointed, actually. Why? Because uh, we just had to, we had to, there we had a blooper. A blooper. And instead of just continuing on, you made us start again. Yes. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, me too. It was great. Yeah. Um, so you didn't answer my question. How are you? A little tired today, actually. How come? I'd like to blame the full moon, but I've been corrected. It was not a full moon last night. That was the 27th, according to uh, a couple of hippies I spoke to this morning. Yeah. Um, you can't I? always blame the moon. Oh, you can't. You can't blame Mars. You can't. You can't blame anything other than you know what. Sometimes you just don't sleep well. Yeah, that's normal, right? Yeah. Especially when you have kids or there's noises or whatever. Mm, it was none of that. It was just me. Just you. Blame myself. That's okay. You know, too much caffeine late in the day. No, don't can't blame do that either. He doesn't drink coffee. No. But anyway, uh, actually, with that said, we're going to play a quick game. What's in the cup? Everyone knows that I love tea and coffee, so it's a 50-50. Is it? I think... Sort of. But would you have tea at this time of the day? Yes. Okay. All right. Of course. Um, it's coffee today. Cheers. She's having a sip. Um... I could do like your in I could do monologues for you or so that everyone understands the actions that you do uh, while she's rubbing her cup. Like I could talk <laughs> whatever actions you do if you like. Okay. No, now let's not. Let's get no, started. Let's not do that. Yes. Um, I actually had someone ask if we can do an episode about a certain subject. So I want to talk about how do you find your ideal client or determine your ideal client avatar? <laughs> I know you run a training session on this. I do. On a regular basis. I do. So I just want to pick your brain and let's just say, hey, I want to find better work. I want to work with people. How do I find out who is the perfect person to deal with? What do you say? What do you say? Okay. Let's go back to where this question often comes up first and that's when people are starting out in business. So often at the start, they're like, I want to identify my perfect client. I also had a conversation with a new member the other day who talked to me about how he spent an hour with another coach, um, not in our company, um, determining who his avatar was and all this kind of stuff. And the problem was that they spent so much time like creating this great picture about who this person was that he didn't actually feel that he had uh, anyone to actually go after. Yep. And so what I'm, what I'm saying Hang here on. is... Yeah. So they spent an hour... Yeah. On finding the perfect person. Yeah. And then he still didn't know yeah. who to go after. And this is the problem, is that a lot of the time we sit in this airy-fairy bullshit space where we're like coming up with these, it's like, it's like theory versus action. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say that we're, we're, we're sitting in the gym space. Would you rather have the personal trainer who's been a bodybuilder, if that's your goal, or someone that's been to university and studied how to gain lots of muscle. It's like you want someone that has done the work, right? And so what I'm saying in this space is that so often we can get caught up trying to identify our fucking perfect avatar and yet we don't actually do any work to actually go and reach out to those people. So first things first is don't spend forever trying to identify your perfect avatar. At the end of the day, we'll get a little bit, bit uh, Mufasa on you. A bit Lion King. How right? the Lion King? The reality is for most service-based business owners, everything the light touches could be yours. <laughs> like if, if you're sitting there going, I don't know, I don't have any clients, it's not because you haven't worked out your perfect avatar. While that's important, 
It's more because you haven't gone and done the work to go and get someone. So prefacing all of this, guys, if you're going to go and spend time identifying your, your perfect avatar, please also then go and spend a thousand times more hours going and actually getting the work as opposed to just trying to work out who you should work with for too long. It's like analysis paralysis. Yeah. People spend way too much time doing theoretical stuff as opposed to action. I think finding that perfect client comes down to do they need my services? Are they Which, in most... as I just said, Lion King it. <laughs> yeah. Remember, you know that, that scene in Lion King where he sits there and he's like, Simba, everything the light touches is yours. And he's like, what about the dark place? We must never go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, for us, it's everything the light touches, everything you can see, you can effectively work with. So... So this is like your, your trade in your serviceable area. Yep. You can effectively work with everyone. Now, your actual question was, how do I identify who could be my perfect client? Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, how do I get the, the best bang for my buck and get the clients that could give me the most? Yep. A right? um, couple of different ways that we can look at this. All right? But first things first is a nice little exercise is if you are currently working with people and you enjoy some more than the other, go and find more people like that. And think about the characteristics that those people possess. Yep. And then go and find more people that possess those characteristics. Why is it important to identify the characteristics? Because it makes your marketing easier. It makes your messaging easier. And it makes your ability to work with those clients easier. It helps you get in touch with those people. Yeah. Because you know exactly, okay, I want to get my message out to someone who is like Simon down the road who likes X, Y, and Z, he, his job is this. And if you know exactly what that is, you can basically say there's a group of people that are just like Simon down the road. Yep. So let's just market to Simon and everyone who is similar to him with similar interests. Yep. And so like, let's, let's break it down into a kind of like a simple step-by-step -step process. One, pick a type of client that you want to work with. Yep, now how you come to who that is, is up to you. Maybe it is that you find them really easy to deal with. Maybe it is that they have high profit margin. Maybe it is that once you get one, they talk a lot and it means you can get lots more easy. Yep, however you go about that and what your reasoning is for picking that person, that's up to you. Okay, like if we sit down and say, how long did we spend identifying our perfect target market or building out our avatar for upscale, how long did we sit down and do that? I can't remember doing that. We, I mean, we didn't. We picked, we know our industry. Exactly. We know this stuff. Yeah. And so therefore we didn't waste huge amounts of time going, let's create this picture. We just went after them. Yep. And then obviously you do have clients that fall into a category of, no, they're not ideal, but it's just because of their circumstances. They are not looking for a coach or, you know, like there's different scenarios where they're just not an ideal client because they're not in our market. Like, mm -hmm. Let's just say um, they're overseas, not in New Zealand, not in Australia. Yep. Um, you know, they're in the Netherlands or something like mm -hmm. that. Like right now we don't deal with people over there. So obviously that's not an ideal client even if they're in the trade business industry. Yep. At this moment. Yeah. Yeah. So first step is pick a segment. Yep. Yep. Then second step, build out a picture of what someone in that segment looks like that would be the person you have to go after. Because the person you actually have to build a relationship with can often be very different to the person that owns the business. It can also be very different to effectively what the business is. And what I mean by that is, I talk about it a lot, you are not your business, 
Yep, like if someone has a go at your company, you don't take that on board personally. Yep, and it's the exact same in this, is that the person that you deal with might be very different to what the actual business looks like. Give you an example. Let's say that we want to go after some high-end building company with 120 staff. Yep. Yep. Maybe the owner is some rich kid that inherited a lot of money from his daddy. Yep, and has nothing to do with the business. Mm -hmm. Is that the person you have to go and schmooze? Could be. Do they make the decisions? Do they make decisions? Could be. Mm -hmm. Yep. But is it more likely going to be someone that sits in the day-to-day operations of the business or is the BDM or is the maybe the receptionist who gets yelled at to go and find me a new electrician? Yep. Yep. Do they make the decisions? Yeah. So (laughs) what you have to do there is you have to identify in the business that you want to go after who is the decision maker, who is the person you have to build the relationship with. Or who is the gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Yep. Second, once we've established who it is, we want to paint a nice little picture of what they look like, different interests that they have, and so on. Why? Because it helps with our marketing. If we know that the gatekeeper is going to go to uh, Pilates every morning followed by a certain coffee place, what could we do? One, maybe we put some advertising in the change rooms at the Pilates studio, and we also put something at the coffee space. Because what does that do? It creates touch points of when she goes to Pilates, she sees the business. While that might not register, it actually does. You ever seen the movie Focus? Yes, I have. Where... They play the game with the guy yep. and they say um, it's like he, he, plays, he plays the man. Yep. yep. They kind of like give him subliminal messages throughout the day and then they ask him to pick a player's number on the football field out of two NFL teams and they pick it perfectly yep. because they preloaded him with the number 23 or whatever it was throughout the day. Spoiler alert. Yep. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but it's the exact same here is that Now that gatekeeper sees you at yoga. Yep, they see you advertising at coffee. Maybe they get some Facebook ads as well thrown at them because you've got their email address. And then, lo and behold, when you call them, they're like, I've actually seen you around. So they have a deeper connection with you. It takes, on average, eight times for someone to see your brand before they make a decision to buy your services or product. Yep. I actually learned something off you today, completely outside of Avatar. It takes 24 high-level interactions for someone to stick to your business. Yep. That's a lot. That is a lot. Okay, so let's go back a step. We've now established what that per- what their interests are and we can now think about how we actually can get in front of them. And we can also establish maybe how we have to connect with them, how we have to have conversations with them, how we have to do this, how we have to do that. If we think about the, the communication style, think of it like, do you think it's better to email, walk in, or phone call a property manager, someone in a professional space. They sit in front of a computer all day. What's probably the best way to get to them? So I think face-to-face is always more valuable, but yep. but there's a but. If they're busy, mm-hmm. you would want to schedule a meeting face-to-face rather than just showing up on someone's doorstep. In I, I used to even – we used to have sales rep in a hospitality business. So we used to work in a deli. If a sales rep – to show some new product comes in the middle of the lunch rush, not a good idea. Even if it's a personal walk-in and usually mm-hmm. works really well, didn't work very well. So um, even though I want to say face-to-face, I probably would go phone call to set a time yep. and then have a face-to-face yep. meeting. Yep. How did I go? Yep, great. Okay. Yep. Now let's go to uh, someone that is a tradesman. Mm-hmm. Yep, out on site all day, busy, 
yep, not really sitting in front of their computer at most levels, of, at, at the bottom levels of the business. So are we going to be able to go and see them face to face? Probably not. Probably we don't know not. where they are. No. Yep. Secondly, are we going to go and send them emails? Probably not really because you know what? They'll probably check it at some point. Yeah. They will check it at some point, but it's not going to be the quickest way. What are they, what are they going to do? Pick up their phone because that's what they do. That's how they deal with their leads. Yeah. So calling someone in that situation is going to be a better communication style initially yep, than trying to meet them on site, walk in and so forth. Yep. Yep. So establishing how we communicate with them and then also establishing what we're going to say. The way that you talk to a property manager is going to be very different to how you talk to a builder. Yep. yep. And so just keep it simple. Like we go through those steps. We identify who it is that we want to work with. We identify how we're going to speak to them. We identify the different cadence, communication, like how frequently we'll touch base with them and so on. That's it. Like it's not rocket science. Pick someone that you want to work with yep. and go after them. I want to go on the – I know you said this comes up when someone starts out, first starts out, who's my ideal client. I want to highlight how important it is to review this once you've been in business and you dealt with a lot of people because you will have clients that are ideal and you will have clients that are not ideal. If someone takes 80% of your time for 20% of the results and, you know, your, your revenue, but it's a lot of time – um, maybe it's unpleasant to deal with them, maybe they're late payers, maybe they're not your ideal client and it's okay to review that and find better clients. And once you've been in business for a while, you can sack clients if they mm. are not your ideal client and it's not fitting a, a right fit. Yep, so we actually do a client analysis chart with our clients and what they do is they go through and they actually write down their... 20 biggest revenue contributors to their business. And then they score them. Yep, they score them based on how much revenue they give them. Yep, and that's a one to four metric. Yep. And then they go and score them on a difficulty to deal with metric, which is an A to D. Yep. So the best client is a 1A. Yep. Yep. The worst client is a 4D. Yep. And so the goal is to not just remove the 4Ds, but actually look at everyone on that firstly and go, okay, what are my anything but A's? Mm -hmm. What are the issues? And then they write down the issues that they have with those clients. Mm -hmm. And then the goal is to come up with solutions to fix those things. Yep. Yep. And then they look at their players that are A's but low contributors on revenue, so your twos, threes and fours, and they go, great, this is a client that is amazing to deal with. How can I get more revenue from them? Yep. And so that's a customer analysis. And... What we're talking about here is if you are finding that there's certain customers that don't serve you and you can't, you can't fix that BCD, then simply do lead generation. Find more clients like the ones that are great to work with. Simple. Yep. Like it should be a, a cyclical motion. We do it here as well. There's certain clients for us mm. that, you know what, they're not playing the game in the right way. They're not showing up. They're not contributing. They're not, doing, they're not, they're not going through the, the method. Mm. Well, effectively, we have those conversations with them. Hey, bud, we're here to help you grow. But if you're not willing to put in the effort, yep. if you're not willing to do the work, well, I'm really sorry, but our time is really valuable. Yep. We base our time off results that we can help our clients achieve. And, and if you don't want to achieve those, that's it. see ya. And their, their time is just as valuable. So if they're just sitting there and listening, but they're not doing anything with it, um, it it's just not a good fit. Yeah. So look, 
I don't, I don't want this to be a huge long session. No, I, I want to keep this nice and simple. All of it. Simply said, don't spend too much time on building this perfect avatar. If you haven't got clients, go and get clients. As you get clients, think about, okay, are these clients the best that serve me? If the answer is no, then go and look at it and go, okay, what kind of clients are the best based on profit, based on whatever criteria you want, and then go and get more clients like that. And when you're looking for more clients like that, think about the person you have to deal with and what it would take to get in front of them and how they might like you to communicate with them. Yeah. Build a story. Yeah. Now think about what does that property manager do that you want to work with? Is it great? Like I said, she goes to yoga in the morning and she goes and gets a coffee. She's at work by nine. She's checking her emails. She's sat in peak hour traffic for 35 minutes. Um, she works in front of the computer for most of the day. She goes out and does this and that. She wants a really nice, easy solution from her trades. Mm. Yep, she doesn't, like, the money's not actually that important to her. It might be important to the landlord. But yep. to her, the most important thing is that she doesn't have to spend massive amounts of time dealing with trades. Yep. Then Comes she gets down the, to communication. Yep, she goes and picks up her child that was dropped off by her partner to daycare in the afternoon. She goes home, cooks dinner, enjoys watching maths, and then goes to bed. That could happen. That sounded pretty <laughs> spot on. Um, so... As soon as you know that, you can then act on it. You can act on it. Yep. Yep. Like if you, if you know your property managers all love maths, watch maths. <laughs> so you've got something to talk to them about. Yep. Yep. I don't watch maths. Uh, <laughs> me, yeah. me neither. I actually thought that it was maths first time I heard about it. It's like mathematics. What, I'm like, what, what are you watching? <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are all the? What's the show? That sounds really interesting. And it's math. Someone, someone. People that like numbers who can't spell. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone explained it to me. I'm like, oh, maths. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right, y'all. Go out and get clients. Like, let's not sit here forever. Everything, Go get some clients. Think about who they are and have fun. Everything the light touches. You know what? Analogy. <laughs> Go ahead. That was violence. I don't know if anyone saw that. <laughs> it was really it. soft hat. <laughs> Analogy. He almost did it again. Certain fish like certain bait. Okay. Yep. So whatever you're going after, whatever trying to fish you're trying to land, yep, comes down to the bait you're trying to fish with. Love right? a fishing Same analogy. with this. If you're trying to go after property managers, you're going to use different bait than you would with a builder. Yep. Simple. Boys, though, that one goes out to you. Right. See you later. Bye. Bye.